Who's got the biggest, the cleanest, the coldest whips of all? Buzz! Can you dig it? Who's never late and never missed a single call? Buzz! Right on time. Who is the man when you need a chauffeur in Duval? Buzz! Damn right. Now listen, when you need a ride to the airport, the bar, a wedding, or anywhere in between, call the man we all know as Mr. Pay-Per-View. Buzz! 904-887-0763. Love you guys. they're recording all right i'm good all right john shipley's good so we're gonna start the bold take baby what's up what's up boys <laughs> hey how y'all doing man glad, glad to be back glad to be back uh number one uh bold take guest of all time john shipley joins us again for like the 17th time uh, <laughs> they, they call that a, a recurring guest in the biz is what he's, they would he's call run that. the gauntlet more times than uh Gene Fournette has remembered to unmute himself at the beginning of a press conference, <laughs> but he brought a friend along with us. Um, so Kyle, go ahead and introduce yourself. I know that you um, cover the Niners a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, I, I cover the Niners for SB Nation. Um, and then I just make fun of people on the internet. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> All right. The same exact right thing, in, except for the Niners part. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, once once Dilla said, like, yo, you have anybody, like, you'd want to bring on, Posey was literally the first person that came to mind. Like, one, dude's got the football knowledge, and two, that there's nobody who's better at both giving and taking the taking the shots. Nice. I love it. In. I love it. Yeah, you'll fit right in tonight. So <laughs> You guys definitely dog the hell out of me often, so yes. <laughs> Dude, so hey, I've been before following. We even, before, hey, before we even jump into the football content, AKP, hey, hit me with a uh, – so I heard my homies all place a bet about something quarterback Matthew Stafford going to the 49ers and now I'm broke. Can you uh, can oh. you elaborate there real quick? I'm in a ten a ten man Madden league. Only three only three of us know you, Kyle. Seven of us put money on that because of what you said. <laughs> he was the the freaking pick, man. Hey, and it's funny that you say that because right now I would tell you to do the same for Fields to the 49ers. I'll do it again. Oh, okay. I, I, I need Fields to go there solely for selfish reasons, man. I just vindicate all of my takes. I don't care about anything else. Just give me that dopamine. <laughs> so, so what you're saying then, Kyle, is – the, the real money should be on Mac Jones then for Trey Lance. <laughs> yes. Whatever I say tonight, just fade me. Just for sure. I was asking, I was asking because I saw fields at like plus five fifty, I think last night or this morning. And I was like, I got to throw a couple bucks on that. Right. Like five fifty pick three. It's happening. I trust okay, me, so I'm going. So I'm not going to ignore gonna ignore Matt Stafford and trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Bold take betting tips brought to you by Kyle Posey. Hey, 
it's funny because I've been following him on Twitter for a little while and I don't really follow a lot of people outside of like our bugs Twitter, but you should. The, I know I definitely should. Yeah. So I've been trying to follow a little bit more, but the reason I follow oh, wait, hold on, Tyler, hold on, time out. You don't follow people, period. Yeah, My man went on a on a straight purge like a year or two ago. And he brought it down <laughs> to like 112 people. It's true. Uh, timeline's probably perfect, by the way. Exactly. It's fucking wonderful. Yeah. It was great. It was it was better before I started refollowing people. Um, but I followed him because I always saw people busting his ass, like other other football Twitter people, but he always took it the right way. I was like, I like that dude. <laughs> I'm gonna follow that dude. <laughs> That's a horrible thing to be known for, by the way. <laughs> I'm the same way, dude. Like they all bust my ass. If you weren't here, they'd be busting my ass. So that's, that's, that's true. I kind of saw a little bit, a bit of myself in it. You get kind of mad though. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I got. I got to say the the Jason Oway question from Couch that that took me out, dog. I I had oh, to yeah. take a step back from my phone. Oh, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it. I got an answer for him. All right. Well, speaking <laughs> of, we got uh, Kyle. We appreciate you joining us, man. This is uh, in case you haven't been able to ascertain this yet this is we're, we're pretty unconventional here or non-conventional we just kind of flow and that's i think what we've been, become known for um just shooting the shit and hanging out with, with the buddies and talking football so like like uh sally said we appreciate you joining us um i think one i think the idea behind this episode for those that are going to listen to it tomorrow and thursday on draft day right we live in the freaking information age. Everything's been debated. If you're following the draft and, and you're a big Jaguar fan, you have probably already done 5,000 mock draft machines yourself. You know a lot of the prospects. You know who is being mocked to us and all of those things. So we're not going to regurgitate a bunch of that crap, but we did want to get um, Kyle's perspective on several different positions and then just kind of a fresh outside perspective as well for somebody outside of the Jaguars world about some of these prospects that may, maybe are going to be mocked to us or that are potentially going to go to us. And then uh, especially get Shipley's um, take on a lot of this noise around 25, 33, 45, and, and maybe a little bit of the rest of the draft. So that's that's sort of, boys, what we're going to hop into. Um and then hopefully hit you up with a couple of questions as well that we've gotten from some of the listeners. Uh, I think Solly plans to take full credit for each one of those questions, just as a, uh, um, a heads up. But uh, so please at him, if you're, if you're angry that your question was asked and you were not, uh, do not at the pod handle or me or Dilla, just Solly. Um, Told you I'm the one that gets picked on, right, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> you never I had to do it. Me. I had to do it at that point. Um, <laughs> all right. So first question for you boys uh who are the jacks taking at number one ah uh, ian book <laughs> yo no <laughs> uh that reminds me i'll go i'll go ahead and give credit to this listener who asked the question um let me find it here hang on this is a big one uh, real quick ian book is gardner Minshew and went to catholic school that's, oh that's my scout report <laughs> uh so so Gardner you didn't go to catholic school <laughs> I'm a guest now. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> no, he, he uh, past tense. He went, and that, that that's what's resulted. <laughs> Old take listener E underscore Dilla asks, "What's going to be the mood in Jacksonville when the Jaguars take hometown hero Mac Jones?" 
You know what? Actually, let's just swing it over to KP since that's his reality. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> so what did y'all think about that video going around today of Mac, you know, doing uh, doing bumps, doing lines? Um, no way. I didn't see that. Do you, you guys not see that video? No. For real? Nobody has? Love it. I it's love like it. all over 49ers Twitter. Uh, oh, he's, shit. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I've seen that in person, so I didn't know there was a video. <laughs> Yeah, man, he's like in the club, in the bar. Uh, he has a phone in it, like just talking crap. And then obviously he has like Coke residue all over his shirt. <laughs> How have y'all not seen this today? Did you not log on to the internet? Well, it's a busy day for me. I don't know about you guys. So based on that alone, maybe maybe he'll fit right in with Urban Meyer, you know? Oh. oh. <laughs> so I got, a, right, I got a user question. I got a listener question number two that kind of fits in here is uh, – and this is from our homie Slot Fade. How quick will Nick vote? Nick Bosa vote for Mac Jones as captain? <laughs> Some of hey, our questions are rhetorical. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> they're definitely in a group chat together. No, for sure, for sure. Day one already. They're pre like George Kittle's over there firing off memes. He's not in the group chat yet, but the other they're already in it. They're in. Well, why do you think they traded up? <laughs> there we are there we are this is a uh this is uh an sb nation 49ers uh podcast this evening clearly but uh, seriously before we go any further it's clear that you guys both if you were the gm of the niners both of you guys would take fields right yeah no doubt can you please yeah, enlighten no, us i mean it, it, if i'm like the gm of like the jets i'm taking fields like no question it's been so weird to me that wilson's like number two if i'm the niners i'm like sprinting to the podium with that but i'm i'm living with lance like either one of those i think i'm fine like max literally the only option out of five that i'm like all right what the hell are you doing yeah it just doesn't make sense like why would you what are we doing here we're wasting so much time talking about mac freaking jones in the top five it's unreal dude i'm uh, the, the whole Mac Jones thing is so confusing to me as an Alabama fan. I was worried he was going to stay in school and he was going to make the better quarterback, Bryce Young, transfer out. And now we're talking about him getting drafted third overall. It really does make my mind just like explode. Would he even uh, start over Bryce Young if he went back to school? Yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe not like legit. Like we saw what happens with Fields and uh, Jake Fromm or whoever it was before him. Like that, it, that can ruin your program if you don't play the right one. So I don't know. I, I don't understand the Mac Jones hype at all. My Mac Jones take is I've lived in Jacksonville for like 20 of my 24 years on this earth. I learned this fall who he was. <laughs> yeah, no, that's – and that's No real. idea he was the big Jacks dude. Had no clue. Well, All you need to know. The, the, probably, Kyle, I, I won't assume that you know this, but um, Mac's quarterback coach, like his private quarterback coach, or one of the guys he's worked with is a local QB trainer here out of the area – and he's a buddy of ours been on the podcast before and even when we had him on now i'm not gonna put words in his mouth right now but when we had him on he what he did say he didn't say mac shouldn't go third overall but what he did say was you know i think mac has a lot of ability i haven't talked to him in a month or so this was right around when he was going to declare or not declare he said i really think he'd benefit a lot from going back wow not because he doesn't have the ability to do it and he's a really smart guy and he can make the throws and he can do it. He can process the information, but I think there's just little things that he could work on in an off season rather than training for the combine and the pro day, like really working on the nuances of the game that, you know, he would really benefit from. 
So that's like, we've gotten that from him plus Dilla's perspective as a Bama fan. And so, yeah, I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, all right. Kyle Shanahan maybe knows more than all the rest of us if that's the pick, but uh, yeah. I can't wait to put that in an article, by the way. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anonymous source. Don't worry. You're the source John Capriato. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, in that case, his his QB coach is Tom House. So, (laughs) there we go. What's the dude out of Atlanta? Uh, Quincy Avery? Quincy, yeah. yeah. Quincy Avery. That's who it was. It's Quincy Avery. It's Quincy. <laughs> um, but anyway, all right. Well, so let's uh, let's get to it, Chip. Um, maybe at 25, you start us off. Yeah. Who, you, who you think is really in play for them. And then maybe if there's a difference between that and who should be in play for them if they're there. It could be, you know, you can rattle off four or five guys, whatever. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I've been thinking on this, you know, the last couple of days. And, uh, you know, around this time last year, you know, I, 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 a few guys came to my mind and I, I really felt like, you know, I was going to be right about them taking Justin Jefferson. And, Dilly, you know, as well as I do, like how many people there thought they were taking Justin Jefferson. So I'm kind of getting a similar, similar feeling on a couple of guys this year. I feel like uh, the three guys who make the most sense at 25 would probably be Christian Barmore, uh, Mo Reg and uh, Carlos Basham. I personally, I wouldn't take a Basham in the first round, but it seems like literally every article from an insider or anything that comes out that says who's one dude that's going to be in the first round that nobody's put in there, it's Basham. And uh, he, he just seems like a bulky pick. You know, bulky loves picking on defensive line. Dude weighs almost 280. He can play inside and outside. He had great testing numbers, and he, he just seems like a kind of defender that would fit that, you know, multiple kind of scheme that Baltimore runs that is bringing over to Jacksonville. And then Barmore, I, I, I think, you know, I believe the fact that, you know, some anonymous scouts or whatever are saying he probably, you know, has some uh, motivation issues just because his motor runs hot and cold when you watch him. And, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's coincidence that his best stretch of play games came, you know, in their most significant games. But with that said, the Jaguars, if they pick an Alabama guy, I'm just going to be assuming that they got the best intel possible because they have one, Urban Meyer, who's extremely close to Nick Saban, and then they got two, Tosh Lupoy, who, again, used to work under Saban. They, they have two guys who have Saban's ear. So if they pick Barmore, I'm going to have to assume, you know, they're comfortable with how he really fits in there. And then Mulreg, I, I, I think he's a player who should go around that late first, early second range, but I'm not positive the NFL does just because he's more of a steady, reliable safety than he is like a guy who's going to be flying over the field making plays. But I, I, I really like him and how versatile he is. And I can see the Jaguars like him a lot just because he can do a lot of different things in terms of, you know, manning up on tight ends, coming down in the box, uh, deep drops. So I think those are the three guys that probably make the most sense right now. Yeah. Kyle, uh, that's a perfect segue to ask you um, about Marig and sort of what type of player you see him as at the next level. I mean, right now in the Jag secondary, we don't have that pure cover guy necessarily. Um, you know, the guy who, who you're going to bring down and who can cut, who, who can cover guys in the slot, but also, you know, cover tight ends um, kind of that modern free safety that I think a lot of these teams are looking for. Uh, we've got some some bigger guys, <clears throat> more box type safeties, and then a guy who's sort of a tweener. I, I would call him and, and Jared Wilson. Um, you know, does does Marek really fit that role, or you know, what's your opinion of him as a prospect? Yeah, he can cover, and that's probably his best bet is just covering tight ends. So if that's what you're looking for, he's the guy. 
but he's kind of passive and I don't want to call him soft, but if you said it, I wouldn't argue with you. So um, <laughs> he just doesn't seem like a guy that's aggressive that just wants to tackle. Um, and then when they have that kind of passive, bo passive bone in their body, that would be like a hard pass for me. So in that sense, I would be scared of taking him that early because, you know, when you think of a first round safety, you think of a guy who's just aggressive and does everything, can cover, can run, can be aggressive, can hit you. And that I don't really get those vibes when I watch him. Um, I do like the idea of then Trent Balky. You know, speaking of ACLs, that's a guy who always takes risks. So Andre Cisco out of Syracuse, he tore his ACL, but he is like the best safety in the draft to me. So maybe wait around, take a gamble on an ACL guy and hope that Cisco just gets healthy. But he is a guy who I would take a hundred times out of a hundred over uh, Morg. And I actually think Morg's teammates pretty uh, better than him too. Wow. I was yeah. gonna ask that real quick, Cap, if I can, if I can jump no, in. Hop in, hop in, um, yeah. If if you did take a safety in the first round and it wasn't Morg, is there anyone there that you think has good value? I wouldn't take anybody in the top 50. Okay, fair enough. You would just take a flyer on Cisco. I mean, we sure, have the yeah. picks to do it, so it makes sense. I, I dig it. KP, how do you feel about Holland Morgan? Uh, small and slow, honestly. Yeah? Yeah. I was going to say, he didn't look super explosive. Then he tested good as hell. Yeah, I mean everybody tested good. This like we all would have ran a four four if we had pro days this year. So it, <laughs> you wouldn't. Yeah, you fast. wouldn't have. I've, I've seen the tape. <laughs> Bill is running his forty soon, I think. Oh yeah, Stay we got to see that. that. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, what about so while we're on, I guess while we're on the safety topic, uh, I kind of consider myself the resident safety expert. Um, basically, all off the fact that I was. Uh, um, one of the leaders of Ashton Davis Hive last year. Um, still, still a big fan. But anyway, um, not toot my own horn or anything. But uh, sort of. Um, what are your thoughts of Richie Grant out of uh, you know here locally? We want to he ship made his. it seem like Ashton Davis lit it up last year. By the way. He was fantastic. But I don't know what you're talking about. He was amazing. He was great. They didn't, no, even, no, they, they, they didn't even miss Jamal Adams. They were like Jamal Adams who. I would, that, I'll agree with that. that <laughs> they could uh, have you at safety and they wouldn't miss them. That entire <laughs> secondary can play, though, at UCF. So I don't really feel like you could go wrong with anybody there. I think Richie Grant is good. I don't know how good he is. I mean, if you go based on what you saw at the senior boy, he looked like a baller and like a guy you would take really early. But I don't know if his actual game tape reflects that. But, but he can do all the things we were talking about that Moore can do and probably at a better value. So I'd much rather have him in like the third round as opposed to Morgan at 25 or wherever you'd be in the top 50. Oh yeah. No grant grant, especially after, you know, that top 40 picks, I, I, I think he's way better value. I think, you know, probably if he plays in the big 12 instead of, you know, the American conference or whatever the hell it's called now, you know, he probably, you know, has a chance to compete with Murray to be that first safety out spot. Um, I'm obviously biased uh, due to my UCF ties, but, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying he's a mix of uh, Deion Sanders, Jim Thorpe, and uh, Ron Wisdom. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, that seems so, – No, Grant is dope, though. He, he's a little older, but he literally did everything for UCF, man. Like, deep cover, you know, lining up in the slot, coming down, making aggressive hits uh, near the line of scrimmage. Dude, dude did everything. And then, you know, like Kyle said, they got a couple corner, They got a couple defensive backs. Uh, Aaron Robinson's a really uh, fun slot player. And then Tay Gowan. He only played like a handful of games in college, right. but he's a really talented guy too. So you guys were talking about Alabama and the ties. Are you going to rule out? Is like I don't know if Urban doesn't value running backs like that, but why wouldn't he take Najee? So I just think Najee doesn't make any sense because they have James Robinson. Sure. And I think if you're going to take a back that early, 
to me it'd be ETN because he's someone who compliments him better. Uh, but I, I, of course, wouldn't be upset with Najee Harris. I think he's going to be a good player, but I think the Jaguars need a home run hitter, and Najee's going to eat you up. I think you're going to get more big plays out of Najee as a, a pass catcher than someone who's going to be ripping big runs. He'll eat you up, probably kill teams at the end of games. But um, in terms of, you know, home run hitter, I would prefer to go with ETN if they did go running back early. Yeah, and I think from my angle, to add to that, it seems like – now, they'll probably come out and draft Najee because we're saying all this, but <laughs> it seems like at 25 – maybe it's different if they're at 33 or if they drop any further, but ETN or Najee or any of those guys, like – there are greater needs that probably also fit some value based on the guys who are going to be on the board at 25 and 33, at least just the way that, you know, we all think, you know, one of the 2 million ways that we've hypothesized things going um, it seems to kind of play out that way. I don't, the interesting thing with saying that is like, we're, we're all sitting here trying to talk it out of happening but I don't think anybody would be pissed off if we drafted either one of them either. So it's, it's like, it's like that weird, you know, like we'd be happy because I think we're getting a really good player, but at the same time, when you look at all the other guys that potentially could be there, whether it's O-line type players, um, D-line edge or interior, uh, or even receiver, which I know we'll get to in a moment. Um, I don't know. That's sort of my, my, my take on it at 25 and 33, especially. So I noticed when talking about Richie Grant, both Kyle and Shipley both said the magic Trent bulky word value. Uh Oh, keep it in mind. Speaking <sighs> of value, you guys have like 37 picks. Is there a chance that you trade back up? You know, you're at 25. Is there a guy that can fall? You, you know, packages to move up into the teens and somebody falls. Everybody's jerking off for Kyle Pitts to fall like to eight or nine, but just so they can move uh, back I, up I, and get him. I, I, I don't know if I'm rooting more for them to trade up for Kyle Pitts because he'd be from the cover or because the meltdown of all the Jag slash Gator fans when they don't pick them will be amazing. They'll, they'll be like, how the hell do we not pick him? Like, he's not about to go top five and your next pick is 26. Like, yeah. I, I honestly hope we trade up and take J.C. Horn, something like everyone's going to think it's Kyle Pitts. Like, he's still there at like five or six and we take J.C. Horn. That would be I amazing. Hope they, I hope they take Pat Firemuth at five. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would, hey, I would call him back and tell him I don't want my tickets. Uh, um, in all seriousness if there's a great lead-in by by our uh, esteemed guest host here kyle um if there i I did want to ask you this shipley if you see guys that are dropping or if there's a couple of guys that maybe you would think they would jump back up for who would they be uh that's a good question i would have to think a couple offensive linemen would have to be up there. I know they say they're like their offensive line, but at the end of the day, they have to be realistic in knowing that, you know, past 2021, only only a couple of these guys are even under contract, you know? I mean, even Linder, he only has two years left on his contract. Jawan Taylor's going to have two years left, and he might not even be good. So I would imagine an offensive lineman, like maybe a guy like Kevin Jenkins, maybe a guy like Christian Derisaw. And then uh, other than that, I, I really – I, I, I've kind of been like wondering that question, especially since yesterday when I went over just Trent Balky and just how incredibly galaxy brain he is when it comes to draft day trades. <laughs> that that dude loves trading. I'm convinced he does it just to do it sometimes. Like I, I, I was telling Sally, he literally traded one pick for like two other picks and then traded those two picks. Like he traded like pick 56 
and then trade those picks he got just to go to 57 and pick Carlos Hyde or something. I'm like, dude, what the hell was even the point of all that? So I, <laughs> he, I he made four trades to move back one spot. Move, but I don't know for who. Yeah. What if, um, some of the guys, Kyle, that, that have been tossed out there, I mean, Dylan, Dylan named J.C. Horn, some of these uh, corners that there seems to be a little bit of a, you know, not a polarization on where they're going to go. But I mean, I think like guys like Samuel and Horn uh, and then what's, what's homie's uh, name out of Virginia tech. That slipped my mind right now. With Harley, the Harley. Yeah. yeah. Um, he doesn't even have a back. Yeah. Zero back left. He got a back, back. Um, he's got, he's, Eric Stoner hit me up and said they got the same back injury. So I'm good on that. Oh my God. <laughs> he has been removed from my draft board. <laughs> but, um, so that's, a, that's another question. That's a follow-up, but like, Give us your your take on what what you have ranked the the corners that are that are kind of being mentioned in the first round at. Yeah, so Horn is like head and shoulders above everybody else, I think, and that's not even close. So if he's if that's a guy who gets to the teens, I feel like Urban should pull the trigger and have no hesitation at all because he's going to be a dog, and I'm he's not going to be Ramsey, but he's the closest thing to Ramsey since Ramsey's came out, and like I really mean that he's that good. But after him. Uh, I think like Greg Newsom from Northwestern, he's right in that uh, right in that sweet spot around 25. So he would be a good pick at 25. Uh, Tyson Campbell's going to go a lot earlier than people think. And he is a dog. He's very good. Nobody likes him for whatever. Well, I know why, because, you know, he gave up a couple plays against Kyle Pitts and Devonta Smith, like every freaking body else did. Um, <laughs> but he's really good, man. So those three are guys that I really, really like uh, Newsom, Campbell and um, Horn. If you can get those guys anywhere in the first. Yeah, you you won. So then let's just, what about the big name Sertan? He's, he's all on, at the top of a lot of boards at corner, but you don't have him even in your top three. Yeah, yeah do, think, do, do you think he's the elite corner justice does, or do you agree with me that he's got the same agility as Dilla? <laughs> <laughs> so you're asking me against justice. What do you think the answer is? If justice likes somebody and we don't, we, we yeah, probably uh, know the answer to that question. Previous no. guest on the, uh, on the Bold Tech pod, Justice Muscat. <laughs> <laughs> Also known dummy. Shout out to our friends. Right, right. No, he just he's not as fast as people think. I know he ran well and he tested well and he like you know he jumped well, but he I don't think he plays that well. I don't think he plays that fast. And for whatever reason, people ignore the plays that he gave up. And I'm not making it sound like he got beat left and right, but it was enough to be concerned. And I think that is what people are missing. So I don't think he's in the same class as these other guys. And um, I mean, if Farley didn't have you know Novak, then he would be in the conversation too. But um, if we're talking about a guy with back, multiple back surgeries in like two months or in like the last couple months, that's a no-no. Not even not even messing around with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, KB. My entire thing with Sertan is like, I feel confident that he's going to be good. And, you know, he's obviously super technically sound, all that kind of stuff. But when I'm thinking about like taking a corner super high, I want to take a corner who I'm confident can match up with all kinds of receivers. You know, the big physical types and then the small shifty guys. I'm confident J.C. Horn can do that. I'm confident yeah. Newsom can do that. I, I, I'm not sure Sertan can do that. I think there's just going to be certain type of receivers that just give them fits. Makes sense to me. So I guess we'll just keep it here at Alabama too. Is Devonta Smith going to fall? Talking about players that we would maybe move up for if, you know, if, if they got into that sweet spot. Do you guys see that because he weighed at 166 or something like that? 
I really don't, man. I think I don't think he gets outside the top fifteen. I I don't see how. I know you 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 know we saw what he weighed, but if you just watch him, you would have no idea that he weighed one hundred and sixty six pounds. You would think he was like super strong. You would think he you know he he has no issue getting off press. Everything that you would think a one hundred and sixty six pound receiver struggles with, it's just not a not an issue for him. But I would go if we're keeping Alabama. Why wouldn't you draft Leatherwood and play him at guard? And then if one of your guys, I don't know what um, Cam Robinson's contract situation is, but kick him out to the left tackle if, you know, if you have to next year, play him at right tackle, who knows? But uh, Leatherwood seems like a guy, especially a guard, who could help right away and then might mess around and be like a star in three years. And he yeah, played no, he, he's one of the dudes I think like makes so much sense of like 33, you know, like, like one of those guys that just barely gets out of first round, but you know, if you don't take him there, he's not lasting. So what, is there – I know you just drafted Josh Allen and Chase on, but is there a guy – like, let's say Jalen Phillips falls. Would that be a reason? Are those two enough to – and I know Josh Allen's very good. I cannot say the same for the guy we just named. So would Jalen Phillips – or would those two be enough to pass on an edge rusher like Jalen Phillips? Because I think he's a star. No, I think that the talent level on the team, there's no position you're not drafting. So if you got a good player there, you definitely take him. I, I – I think Josh Allen is really good, and we don't even call Chase on by his name on this podcast. We call him Calvin Chase because he doesn't deserve to be called by his real name. He stinks. So, you know, that's kind of where we sit. So if they take a, a, an edge, that we, we need an edge player. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know how you two fans and our, our local expert, John Shipley, feel, but when it comes to, like, if they took an edge, there, now there are certain edges I don't want, but I would be excited for a couple of them. Who? Come on. I mean, Basham, I, I would be cool with Basham. I would be cool with Phillips, like he said. It's more of like who I don't want. I don't want the cat out of um, Penn State who's been playing football for a year and a half just because he's been playing football for a year and a half. Sounds it, like the same it, guy it, we drafted last year. Yeah, it reminds me of Calvin Chase. Right, and I guess that's the thing. <laughs> this year we have coaches who can maybe develop players, but like I, I still am a broken fan and would rather draft someone who's got production on tape versus another Calvin Chase. Just develop Calvin Chase. You already got him. Yeah. Speaking of Calvin Chase, can we go ahead and read um, BCB Couch's f- fan question? Sure. Hit him with a fan question. And then and then maybe – I know Kyle's got like five minutes. We can Maybe we can get his opinion on the rest of the receivers and then let him bounce. Yeah, that's that's where I was going to go. But let's, let's, say, let's take a, a brief intermission here and have a fan question. Fan question! <laughs> so BCB Couch threw a haymaker at me. Uh, really, really too soon after a, a very serious event in my life. Um, he says, how will the Jags justify selecting a guy at 25 and Jason Owe? Damn it. Enters that's the, the league one. having the same number of sacks in 2020 as Solly has after his vasectomy. And <laughs> RIP to Solly's balls. <laughs> I hey, just want to say that I just want to say that that hurt a lot. Is, did it hurt as much as or equal to the actual pain of having your, your scrotum cut into? Uh, not as bad as that, but um, I do want to give this one back to um, our pal J-Pon. Um, maybe if he had thought about having a little procedure done a couple years ago, maybe his wife would have let him out of the house in the past decade or so. <laughs> he also wouldn't have 17 children. So right. <laughs> Have fun paying for those three weddings too, asshole. It's it's 2021, and I still remember when she took over his Twitter account. 
<laughs> that was the craziest night ever. Uh, top, top five or top ten moments in Jaguars Twitter history? Oh my God. Top five for sure. That was crazy. I was I was scared and it wasn't me. Kyle, it was it was some serious stuff, man. Uh, we had we had a buddy um, on Jaguars Twitter whose wife was just not happy with with uh, with him <laughs> and maybe his his Twitter usage amount, and she went like just complete fatal attraction on him and she took, she took the phone and started sending tweets out from his account oh yeah oh yeah yeah i've met eric stoner oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey shout out to eric stoner i saw the i saw a new stoner mansion uh west coast edition hell yeah uh, living large living large love you love you stoner um so okay where were we going with this one? Oh, jason oway no, um, let's get Kyle's takes on the receipt, the rest of the receivers that we haven't talked about. Let's do it. Kyle, what are your takes on all the receivers? You like Smith, you like Smith <laughs> or Waddle better? So I, I got Waddle as wide receiver one. I think he's going to be a star, man. He, he's going to be really, really, really good. So, I mean, if I, I don't think he gets out of the top 10, but if that's a guy who slides, maybe think about trading up, but um, you probably don't want to trade up for receivers just because there's so many. So maybe once you get to 25 and 33, like Elijah Moore would be a perfect compliment to a guy like Marvin Jones, I feel like. So um, I don't know. How, how do you guys feel about DJ Shark? Um, I, we, I mean, I like him a lot. I, I want him back at the right deal, I feel like. You know what I mean? Um, and I want to see what he looks like with Trevor, too. Cause he actually, you know, he's been playing with Dilla and Shipley throwing him the football <laughs> he got here. So um, I'm, I'm anxious to kind of see that and, and to see, you know, if he can return to kind of 2019 levels or even elevate that. Um, you know, I, I like what they have there. I have a question for you about Elijah Moore, because admittedly he's kind of one of the guys who I haven't studied a whole lot or looked into a whole lot studied. I say study, I don't fucking study, but I haven't <laughs> looked into a whole lot. Um, <laughs> You know, what does he do well? Everything. I mean, I'm dead serious when I say that. He, there is no, I'm not going to say there's no flaws, but I am going to say there's no flaws to his game because what, what you want at the NFL level, like he does it all. Like he can catch in traffic. He can run. He can really, really run. He can create for himself and he can get open, man. So um, you can use him in the backfield. And I know that Urban, that is a thing that Urban did a lot at Ohio State. So um, he is, He's as close to Curtis Samuel as it gets in that sense. So if you're mad that you missed out on Curtis Samuel, then Elijah Moore is your guy. I, so if, I, I love the Elijah Moore, Tyler Lockett cop, just because of how that dude attacks the ball downfield. Like being a smaller guy, you would never guess it the way like he attacks the football. Like he comes down with so many of those jump like balls that, you know, he's not just like a short slot who's going to, you know, create after the catch. Like he, like Kyle said, he can do it all. And, I'm, I'm frankly concerned how often him and I are agreeing because that normally never bodes well for either one of us. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to take all those guys that are going to suck. I can't wait. Yes. Uh, ignoring, ignoring Rondell Moore's injury history, who do you like more as a prospect between the two Moores? Elijah would, and Rondell. Yeah, I would take Elijah Moore pretty comfortably um, over yeah. Moore. I do like Deami Brown at a UNC. That's a guy that I would take pretty early, and I would have no issue taking him in the first round. And I also like uh, Dwayne Eskridge, another guy, but he not in the first, obviously, but um, maybe in the second, later in the second. So those, all those guys are going to be, you can get the ball in their hands right away and they just take off like explosive plays, big plays, and especially, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you have find out a freaking quarterback who gives their guy a chance. So yeah, take advantage yeah. of the strong wide receiver class. But I just like to go on record I, I, and uh, 
and say that I, I no longer want Rondell Moore or Trevon Moore because KP told me that. <laughs> Remember, if I'm wrong, this never existed. It never happened. Never happened. Posey, I, I want your take on this, and I want, I want, I want the guys too, fellas. Give me your reaction if slash when the Jaguars take Tony at 25. And KP, can you tell me if you agree with me that Tony doesn't belong anywhere within the first 45, 50 picks? Because I, I just don't get it. Yeah, if you're if you're just listing the top wide receivers in the draft that actually do wide receiver things, you are not going to come up with Tony. So I would not touch him. Um, just all the guys that we just mentioned, not even in the same class. Like he's not in the same class as him. I would take, you know, other guys we didn't mention, like Terrence Marshall, even Tylen Wallace, who has tested like a high school athlete. I would take over uh, <laughs> Darius Tony. So, yeah, man, I, I know it's flashy. I know it's fun. You know, he has a great clips, but you got to do every play, man. And he he just yeah. freestyles way too much for me. I'm not letting him run a single route past the line of scrimmage. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a UDFA to me. <laughs> my reaction was my reaction would be um, – Unsurprised because I picked I picked him as a Jaguar lock in my uh, mock draft last week. <laughs> He's a lock. He's going top thirty three to, to us. <laughs> Lucky you, a Jaguar lock. Um, Kyle, before we let you go, I'm going to ask uh, Shipley the the same question in, in a few moments. But any sleeper draft crushes? You know, I think every year we all got those right. The guys who. People aren't talking about going day one, maybe day two, uh, that that you've just studied um, and, and that you really love. I don't know if, you know, you would say any sleeper ones, but the Cisco dude out of Syracuse, I know he doesn't have a knee, but he is a star. Like he, if he wasn't hurt, he would easily be a top 20, top 15 pick. So that is a guy that I really, really like. Um, I, I talked about Campbell out of Georgia. He's not a sleeper because he's going to go really early, but he's going to be a – I feel like he's Marlon Humphrey 2.0, like 1.0 to me. Like he's going to be that guy. He's a clone of Marlon Humphrey. So all these guys that some – or a lot of these guys that people are talking about, they're, they're kind of iffy about. I, I'm a lot higher on them. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I got a couple people on offense. I – uh, in like a zone scheme where, you know, he has a line that can help him, you know, pick his spots. I really like Louisville running back Javion Hawkins, you know, obviously a smaller guy, but man, once he finds a crease, he just erases pursuit angles. Uh, North Texas receiver, Jalen Darden, another super small dude. And what's like really, a really small receiver class in general, but man, he just like, he, he's a definition of twitchy, you know I mean? Just like he bounces out of his breaks. He explodes downfield. And then, uh, uh, you know, Houston, uh, edge rusher Peyton Turner I wouldn't really call him a sleeper because you know he has a chance to be a top 50 pick but he's not a guy anybody's really talking about during the season or even when the season ended but you watch him and you're wondering okay why doesn't this guy get you know like early second round hype gotcha Got one more else before you bounce hey one more for you hey if the Jaguars the Jaguars are definitely taking a tight end at 33 which one is it oh and obviously so maybe that hunter long is a guy that i really like at tight end and you're not going to take him at 33 but i i have i feel like he's going to outperform the four or five tight ends that go before him i think he's going to be a stud i would rather take hunter long in the third and pat farmuth in the second perfect that's kind of what i was getting at i i I don't think the value there in the second round is worth it for what you can get later at all now this, this this tight end class you know i no, not to say any like position group ever sucks because you know all these guys are great football players comparatively, but 
in a vacuum, this tight end class sucks, dude. It, it is, it's Kyle Pitts and a, and a bunch of dudes. Like, it, it's terrible. Take advantage of the offensive line. Like, when with those early picks that you have, this offensive line, like, they have some legit balls. You mentioned Tevin Jenkins. I have no idea why he's not talked about as, like, a top 15 pick. So, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with it. Like, like he, he's literally a definition of, like, pass protection, not being passive. Like, you literally just see him riding dudes, like, 10, 10 yards away from the quarterback. He's Ramchek from the Saints. Like he's a star. He's an obvious star. Why are you messing around with this? I like that. No, I I I think offensive line, receiver, and and corner are all positions that are really deep this year. For sure. Well, KP, we're gonna keep rapping about offensive line. You're welcome to stay, but I know you got to bounce. Um, so thank you for coming on. We'd uh, love to have you on again, man. Some time to uh, shoot the breeze, and uh, if you want to plug anything else that you got going, feel free. Nothing at all, man. Just remember, Justin Fields, number three, Matthew Stafford, never happened. <laughs> Love it. All right, boys. Thank you, dude. Take Appreciate care. It. Good talking with you. Appreciate it, man. This episode of The Bold Take is brought to you by A1 Sliders, sliding glass door and window repair. I like to think of my sliding glass door on the back of my house as like an airplane, right? It needs to land perfectly and smoothly in the little groove, AKA the runway for proper functionality. If yours isn't, you need to head over to a1sliders.com or give them a call 386-538-6835 for a free estimate of how to get your airplane landing perfectly on your runway. Again, a1sliders.com. 386-538-6835. Give them a call and get that airplane landing smoothly right on that runway. Now back to the bold take. All right. So then there were four. Uh, Ship, expanding on the offensive line a little bit. I'm glad you brought up Tevin Jenkins. I really like him. Uh, in our pod text a little bit ago, earlier today, we were talking Elijah Vera Tucker um, and he's somebody who I think Dylan and I both agree that like we didn't know a lot about three, four months ago. I knew the name, right? Like he was that guy who was like first, second round and yeah. some of the mocks I was looking at and the draft machines and all that. I'm looking at him. Then he tested and now you're starting to see him really kind of almost, it seems like be solidified to be like a top 25, 30 player or more, you know, or <laughs> earlier. What, what are your takes on, on, on him? Honestly, at this point, unless they go past our share, I'd be kind of surprised if the Vikings passed on him because, I mean, he's just a guy who he can play all over the offensive line. Like, he, he can play both guard positions. He can play both tackle positions. He could probably, honestly, play center. Like, he is just like, you know, he, he's not going to, like, wow you in terms of, like, okay, like, Mickey Beckton or something in terms of, like, he's, like, mauling people and putting up highlights. But he just doesn't lose reps, you know. Like, he is the same dude consistently snap to snap. You know, he's rock solid in pass protection. He's always on his man as a run blocker. And like I said, he, he, he can play multiple positions. You know, he played left tackle in 2020 and played uh, left guard before that. I'm personally playing him at guard just because I think he has the potential to be, like, a pro bowl slash all pro caliber player there. But I think for a team like the Jaguars, who have so many long-term questions and kind of need a guy that you can slot at different spots, I think he makes as much sense for them as, you know, uh, really anybody. I think him and Tevin Jenkins might be the two guys that make the most sense for them just because both of them have proven they can play different spots. Yeah, am I, am I crazy 
am I crazy to, to almost want or to really be leaning towards wanting them to go offensive line at 25? No, when you look at it, that's where the best value is. Because, I mean, you know, as much as I like Mulrick as a player, you know, it, it's probably true that he isn't really your prototypical first-round safety. You know, you're probably better off taking the safety in the second round. You know, Barmore is a solid player, but if he's hands down the best defensive tackle in the defensive tackle class, that class probably sucks. You know, And, I mean, looking at receivers, the only receivers that really make sense over there would be slot guys. And I'm not sure you're taking the slot guy at 25. So when you look at value – the value, the only value that to me really makes a whole lot of sense is offensive line at 25, which, which is why it's been kind of confusing to me that Urban has hammered home so many times how confident he is in the offensive line. Cause I, I, I get that he feels that way. I'm just, I'm not sold exactly why. And then I'm curious, like, okay, what are your plans for the future? Cause most of these guys aren't even going to be here. Right. And I, I, to kind of elaborate on that from my end, it honestly makes me worry that he's saying that so much, unless it is some sort of smoke screen, because for all the reasons that you just laid out, we, A, we don't have a lot of guys under contract going forward, at least long-term B, both of your tackles are still question marks. They're really talented, high potential guys, but they're question marks. So for like in, in a draft where you have so many picks inside the top 50, and it being by all accounts, really, anywhere you look, anywhere you ask, anybody you talk to, it is a extremely deep offensive line class, mainly at the, you know, at the premium level, right? The, yeah. the early talent, the, there's a lot of really high level talent. So to not come away in those first three picks with an offensive lineman just, just seems really off to me. I think there are probably five plus guys in this class who could walk in the Jaguars facilities, be the the best tackle on the roster from day one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, and, most- that, and that's what makes it so weird to me. Like you just said, cause like, you know, yeah, Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson have potential, but when you look at both their careers, all each one of them have really had were some okay rookie seasons. Other than that, what, what really the Jaguars, you know, gotten out of them? Like, I, I know they're rolling the dice on potential because they didn't like the left tackle market, but it, you can't just be drafting for 2021 in my mind. I mean, you got to be looking way past that, especially when you're taking the face of the franchise, you know, number one overall. Why, like, like, you know, as of right now, you don't have a left tackle next year, so you shouldn't operate like you do. Yeah, and to your point, if you can, <laughs> if you can solidify the face of the franchise a franchise quarterback by all accounts, that's what we're all planning on, right? From a roster building standpoint. Um, And then back it up with a really mean, nasty player at, you know, at 25 or 30, that's, that's going to be on that line, hopefully for the next five plus years. Like that seems like a no brainer to me, especially in a, in a situation where receiver is really deep. So maybe you can dip into that a little bit later. Um, And, you know, you made the moves on the defensive line for the most part to, you know, be okay if you had to start the season just with what you have right now. I don't know. I think all signs point to that, which means they're probably taking Kadarius Tony. But um, on the <laughs> offensive line, like Sally said, um, shout out Sally in the Sally mock draft. Hashtag trademark. A um, couple of guys I did want to get your opinion on. Uh, Sully Football, who is the resident expert on offensive line play. Shout oh, yeah. Out. Um, guys like Walker Little, 
Have you studied him much? Yeah, no, I I, I like Walker Little. My, literally, my only problem with Walker Little is he's played like like two games in the last two or three years because injuries and then opting out yeah. last year. But like when you watch him in like 2018, which it feels so wild to think that like 2018 was so long ago at this point. But you watch him in 2018. I mean, dude just moves and looks like a left tackle. So I think if you can get like some more experience under his belt and get through those growing pains, I like I think he's a guy you can take in the second round and you could probably start him at left tackle. And he he might even go first round just because he was a mega recruit coming out. Yeah, he's a, he's a big dude, but um, uh, run, runner big, I think, will be a better prospect. Walker Little, runner big. Oh, my goodness. This guy, a regular <laughs> knee slapper. And a regular knee slapper. Um, do you, like, to me, he's kind of that guy who it seemed like two months ago, draft Twitter was like, oh, he's a fifth-round pick. And, or, you know, a fourth round pick. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, he might be a second round pick. He might be a first round pick. Uh, he's one of the more intriguing guys to see where he goes, I feel like. Walker no, Little, not, not runner big. <laughs> it, it, it's always funny at, like, the start of January, how you see some people's opinions and just, like, compare them to, like, when April comes around after all the NFL teams are kind of released, like, the little tidbits to people. And, you know, that that's why I, I try to stay consistent. I've been saying Kadarius Tony doesn't. Uh, belong as a wide receiver for you know like two years now so you know just, just things like that you know try to stay consistent but I'm with you I, I think Little's probably going to end up going I, I think he's going to go top 50 just because I think the NFL is going to value his traits a lot and hit the position he plays but I really do think the league as a whole is going to look down on guys who didn't really play last season hmm. yeah what's uh all right, I got to ask you, if, while we're talking offensive line, I have to ask you about um, really the the guard of offensive guard of the future for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Ben Cleveland. <laughs> you you going to be able to problem from Sully? Um, I've, I've, I've already told Sully, like, this he, – he's already – listen, Ben Cleveland doesn't know it, but he's already best friends with Brandon Linder. Like he doesn't know it, but he's already best friends. Like, and I've already been feeding him. And I've got my boy JD Groover. Shout out JD. He he, he messaged me last night. Was like, I'm hanging with Ben Cleveland this weekend, and if he gets drafted by the Jaguars, I've got a, a Bull City Brigade hat right there. He's putting it on, and we're tweeting out the photos. Let's <laughs> go. But then he told me that the Jags haven't talked to him in like over a month. But the Titans have a bunch, and I'm like, oh motherfucker. When you said when you said you were you were talking to JD, I was thinking, well, JD's the third best friend, Cleveland, Linder, and JD, right? And then you were yeah, saying, oh, yeah, actually... pretty much. But I've been sending Cleveland on on Twitter, like just randomly, like adding him with with photos of Linder's Instagram, like just like look look at this guy. He's got want to hang out with. Oh, you like fishing? Brandon Linder has a five hundred thousand dollar yellowfin uh, offshore boat. You want to hang out with him? Oh, he's got property for uh, all sorts of hunting up in Georgia. You want to hang out with Brandon? Look at look at this! Oh my goodness! Look at him in a duck blind. You guys are best friends. You don't even know it yet. Um, You'd be a hell of a recruiter. I would, man. Sign me up. Urban needs me. They need me on that wall. Um, what do you, what what do you think uh, as far as offensive guards? Maybe guys in the middle rounds to later. Anybody that sticks out, the Jaguar fans should kind of because I feel like if they don't go tackle or one of the versatile guys like Vera Tucker early, you know, they're coming back sometime, you know, pick yeah. 45 or, or later kind of in that mid tier and getting somebody. Is there anybody that's that you, you can. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, we mentioned Leatherwood uh, earlier. I, I think he's probably best at guard, but he's another guy who you can play outside of tackle. I think he's going to be one of those first few guys picked on day two. And then other than that, uh, Trey Smith from Tennessee, you know, he, he has some uh, medical history that teams are going to feel comfortable with. But when you watch him, dude's just a bullet. You know, I mean, he, he if you can find an SEC offensive lineman who's consistently kicking ass. And, you know, he, he he's a player. You know, he was just bowling over, you know, SEC defensive tackles week in and week out. Uh, Deontay Brown from Alabama is a guy I really like if you want to be like a power running team. You know, he's he's obviously not the quickest guy on his feet, but I mean, he he he's like that meme. Uh, what what is like this is this is like the male body prototype or whatever. Like, dude just looks like you know like uh like an offensive lineman. Like he's literally built like a refrigerator. And then uh I, I'm I'm trying to think who's the other guy. Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. Uh, he he's not going to be that first round player that you know he's another one of those guys in January. You know, it's kind of reverse in January. Everybody's calling him like a top 20 pick or whatever. And now you're seeing him late second, third round in mocks. And that's probably more so where his, where his play is. But I, I really like him as a guy who plays with a lot of power. If you can get him to be more consistent and play a bit more controlled, I think I think all the traits are there for him to be a better version of a player like AJ Cam, you know, somebody who can legitimately be a people mover inside. Right on. Hey, we've seen the name a little bit. You've probably heard about it, too. I know I have the center from Ohio State. I think his name's Chris Myers. Um, yeah. You think, you think there's anything there with the Jaguars? Yeah, I, I, I honestly think the Jaguars will probably have a lot of interest in him. One, because he was a guy that Meyer brought up. Uh, you know, when he came out of high school, he was a four-star guard recruit. He was the number two guard in the nation, only behind Wyatt Davis. So he was one of Myers' like last like big gets as a recruiter. So I think I think they're going to place a big emphasis on that. And I, I I think you know when you think about interior offensive line, I think the Jaguars are more likely to take a guy in Myers' range at like pick sixty-five or whatever than they right. are to take a guy like Creed Humphrey at thirty-three. Thank God, I would be upset. <laughs> You guys, you guys talking a lot of offensive line has kind of sparked something in my head that Meyer said. I don't know if it was in a press conference or if it was one of those videos, like behind the scenes videos. But he says the first thing when asking if you got a good team is he asked about defensive line. I think number two was offensive line, wasn't it? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's how they play special teams and trenches. So, yeah, no, I, I, I feel confident that they're going to draft at least a couple guys who play in the trenches this year. And then a couple guys who just play special teams. Like that, like there's a dude, a corner from Boise state who Dilla, we've talked about him. He, yeah, I, I, I'm not positive. He could cover Dilla, but dude created like nine special team touchdowns in like three years at Boise state. And that, that's like freaking unreal. Like dude block kicks. He returned punts, returned kicks, forced fumbles. So I think trenches and like special team specialists are going to be dudes they look at. Interesting. I would be shocked if if that if the dude from Boise is there in the late rounds on day three, I would I would be shocked if we don't walk away with him. He's he's ridiculous on special teams. Yeah, no, he is. He he's just one of those players who like you don't even need to play him on defense. Right. Ship, if you had to right now, gun to your head, make the call on how many picks the Jaguars are actually going to make after trades either i guess trading up trading out <laughs> like how many picks because they have a lot right i mean they, they signed a lot yeah. of dudes they had a lot of dudes already under contract and now they've got a, a shit ton of picks so at the end of the day how many do you think they're going to use the majority of those picks if you really thought i think i i think they're going to use eight of those picks you know i, I after like looking at bulky's like 
draft day trade record, like looking at all of it in person, it's hard for me to think that they're just going to do what the Jags did last year and just be content with sitting at all those picks. And, you know, I've been waiting to go on this rant for a year, but in hindsight, picking 12 players when you're one of the least talented uh, teams in, in the NFL so is, is ridiculously stupid. Like <laughs> Looking back now, like the biggest draft class in franchise history, how many good ball players, you know, like, like did they actually find? So I was disappointed as fuck when that happened. Yeah, I, I, I'm just of the opinion that if you have all those picks, try, try to get blue chip talent because that's what win you games in the NFL. And right now, you look at the Jack roster, what they've been missing and what the only thing they haven't really added this offseason is blue chip talent. You know, they added those deathbed guys that you're going to use 10 picks on. You know, they've added those backups. What they need is guys who can have the potential to be one of the best players at their position. So I think they're going to get aggressive for somebody. Uh, I, I think if there was no adult in the room that Urban Meyer would be sending a Mike Ditka type package up for Kyle Pitts. But uh, since there is, uh, I, I kind of doubt that happens. But I honestly, I, I don't think they're going to be picking at 25. I think they're going to be moving up. I agree fully. This episode of The Bold Take is brought to you by Village Bread Cafe. Village Bread Cafe is a locally owned cafe serving breakfast and lunch at two locations, Phillips Highway and a stunning location on the ground floor of the River Place Tower on the South Bank overlooking the beautiful St. John's River in downtown Jacksonville. If you want to dine on quality cafe-style breakfast and lunch with the same view as Ruth's Chris without breaking the bank, Village Bread Cafe is the spot for you. Village Bread is officially Solly Fam approved. Uh, I took the fam out there last weekend. The, the view is beautiful. The food is great. Um, you really can't beat the the value for you know where you're where you're dining. The setting, um, you know, they say you can't get good, cheap, and fast. You can't have all three. I don't think the I don't think they have ever been to Village Bread Cafe. Check them out online, villagebreadcafe.com, and support the homies on the South Bank. Now back to the bold take. What do you think they give up to move up, ultimately? Mm, let's go ahead and call it, uh, what about 60, 65 and, yeah, yeah what about, about just the first and 65? So, I, mean, I mean, move up a couple spots, is not, that's not too much of an ask. Like, you see other teams trade, like, future force and, and like, shit, to, like, move up, like, three spots in the first. Yeah. Yeah, I think as long as the quarterbacks are all drafted by them, you don't have to worry about any, like, funky trades value-wise. Yeah, and that's what we've talked about, too. I am rooting – I mean, I'm sorry to, to our, our, our new pal KP there, but I am rooting for every quarterback going. I mean, it, mm-hmm. if, if there can be six quarterbacks in the first round, I am all for it because that means other good players are following, especially in those positions that are so deep. Um, I'm all for that. All right, Chip. Uh, cannot let you leave this evening without asking if you have any words of advice for Trevor. Um, it's been a rough week for him. Uh, he's he's not getting many endorsements. <laughs> Um, do you have any, do you have any words of encouragement or advice for him on what he should do to, you know, to overcome the small market, uh, situation that he's probably going to find himself in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one is to make sure to always retweets because I almost retweeted uh, something yesterday that, you know, a skull candy endorsing Zach Wilson saying there's a brand of mediocrity. So just, just make sure that, you know, you're putting your eyes on everything is, is uh, my call. And then, you know, embrace the brand, you know, be, be that dude in Jacksonville. Cause at the end of the day, 
I don't know, you know, and I, I'm, this might be completely hyperbolic, but that's what the show is, and I couldn't care less. I don't know if there's going to be a bigger celebrity than Trevor Lawrence on the first day that he walks into the city. No. Hey, little birdie told me it may or may not be true. I'm not going to confirm or deny, but he might be around for our 25th pick um, after being selected first overall. So if you're going to the stadium, keep your eyes peeled. Wow. That's big news. Uh, I'll be there too. Slightly bigger news than the franchise quarterback, you know, maybe. Right. Um, and, and almost no, look out, look out for John Shipley. He'll be there. <laughs> almost, yeah. almost as many endorsements too. I must say. Almost. I just can't believe. I just can't believe that Shipley said, uh, said that Trevor Lawrence was going to be the biggest celebrity in town when he's literally on a call with Dilla right now. <laughs> Max, Max, the toaster man. That's good. That's because Dilla's going to move to New York for endorsements. That's it. <laughs> No, we're trying. I'm trying to hip Dilla to the game, man. He's too nice right now. He should be pulling in more endorsements. <laughs> if you're listening, Toaster Man, you need to pay yeah. my boy right here. You need to pay him. You're getting off easy, Toaster Man. Manscaped brought to you by E. Dilla. That's right. <laughs> Dilla, how, how much if, uh, if like Manscaped or another razor company came to you to shave your beard, how much? Five stacks. Five stacks and you'll do it. There you go, folks. It's on the record. I think the beard is worth way more than that, bro. I'll do it for five stacks. <laughs> the beard's a big part of the brand, but you know what I know about Edilla? Because I've seen him do it before. It grows back. Yeah, real quick. It does. Stacks <laughs> only. And, and it wouldn't be anywhere near as gray as mine or as sparse as Sally's. So you got that going. He shaves <laughs> that. If he shaves that today, he'd have it grown back by the draft. <laughs> <laughs> Chip, um, we talk a lot about, or lately we have anyway, uh, both, both on the pod and just uh, when we're, we're texting back and forth and we're wrapping together. Um, it is a, it's a special off season, you know, and not just because of what's happened and what's about to happen, but I think too, just the, the uniqueness of the fact that pretty much everything right now is positive. And when you look at, a franchise in the NFL, um, when you look at a franchise in the NFL, that doesn't happen very often. You yeah. know, even Super Bowl teams usually, unless they're the Buccaneers, they lose a lot of guys um, after they win the ring. Like, Especially doesn't happen in this franchise. Oh, it, well, it's never happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it definitely doesn't happen often in this franchise. Um, there's been children that are now driving legally and voting legally that have uh, that weren't born the last time that it happened to this franchise. But um, what's your take? I mean, as somebody who grew up here, right. And, 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 you know, you love this team from that angle and now professionally you've poured yourself into it. What's it been like? Cause I mean, you, you started kind of with, with some good, you went through just all the total shit the last couple of years. And now what, what's it like covering all this and, and, and that positivity angle? No, absolutely. It's, it's been legitimately like a breath of fresh air, you know, like but the last couple of years, you know, I, I, I couldn't care less, you know, about the Jaguars losing as many games as it did and being as much of a clown show as, as they have been, you know, off the field in certain instances, because, you know, it's my job to cover them, whatever's going on, but to actually see them, I, 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 I know how it's going to sound, but I actually see them make an attempt, you know, to be like a, a football team and to put out a competitive team out there. That's, that's something that, I mean, I, I just ha I, I just haven't really seen, you know, and since I've been uh, covering the team, you know, uh, e e e even during the best times, you know, with Doug Marone, it, it seemed like 
even that was too good to be true. You know, like his year in 2017, is this really him as a coach? Like you, you didn't really get a sense like this is what a, a, a well-ran organization team is supposed to look like. But I just get the sense now that, you know, they they at least know what they're doing, at least more so compared to, you know, say a year ago or two or two years ago. I, I think it's been uh, refreshing and enlightening to see positivity as opposed to waking up every day and wondering, okay, how are we going to ask about their tight ends having as many catches as Solly has sacks this year, this year, you know I mean? Like, 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 it, it, <laughs> like, like it, it would legitimately get old thinking of thinking of like ways to try to make that team interesting because they simply weren't interesting. The, the 2020 Jaguars, you know, for a, as much as those guys fought every week and I, I respect the hell out of them, they just were not an interesting team. And 2019 wasn't much better. You know what I mean? When the most interesting thing is a quarterback with a mullet who Twitter somehow still thinks he has the first and only mullet in the world. Eventually, they'll they'll stop being uh, amazed by it. But when that's the most <laughs> interesting thing, I think that says something. So I, I think to me, it's just the fact that there's actually things to look forward to. There's actually things to be intrigued by. Uh, I, I mean, like I said last year, you know, they had 12 picks going in there. We, we talked for months and months. Are they going to move up or something? They ended up picking 12 guys and picking like, like eight special teams guys, you know? So I, I just feel like they're, they're actually moving more toward being a bold team. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on as always, man. Um, you're kind of, you've definitely become our go-to guy for when we want to talk like serious shit about the Jaguars and what's going on. So, um, you know, it's always appreciated, uh, before you do go, you want to plug anything you got going on? I always, always want to give you a chance. To, you know, you got a ton of content that you've already put out there, which before you even answer, I'll say, uh, no matter what he has that's about to come out that he's going to tell you right now, make sure you check a lot of the work that he's been doing because, dude, that series you did on, like, each position. Yeah. And, like, guys you thought they might be targeting or they should be interested in or they might be interested in was awesome and the way you guys broke that out so if you're listening to this looking for last minute content content and you haven't read that yet go look through that because it was it was super super awesome so what else you got coming ship appreciate it man uh the big thing i pride myself with that jaguar report is you know like we we had like a, a good volume of stuff and quantity of things but the quality never suffers you know like like we're we're like in my mind you know i basically just to give you an idea of how we do it like nothing that goes on that site goes on there with my without my eyes on it without my approval and i try to make sure everything on there is you know you can at least take something from and learn from so there's so much articles on there from over the last couple months on draft stuff you can find like prospect profiles uh guys i think make sense to trade back for trent balky's uh insane trade history all that kind of stuff uh stuff that's coming up um I, this morning i did my you know, I normally I, – I've been like a draft nerd since 2013. It's probably uh, the worst part of my personality. I, I just, <laughs> I've always loved, I love, I've always loved the NFL draft, even when I was a kid. You know, the, the NFL draft is just cool as hell to me. And this year I decided, hey, you know, I have a platform. Well, and I might as well, you know, go ahead and blend the draft in my platform and kind of put my work out there. I didn't do it last year. Uh, I can also say probably just because I was lazy. But I figured why not do it this year. So I put out a – ranking of the 150 guys who I watched multiple games of uh, obviously didn't watch a ton of guys missed a few big name guys but I watched at least three to four games of 150 guys gave my thoughts on them kind of ranked them into different tiers uh, this morning uh, tomorrow I'm gonna be releasing some position rankings for guys that uh, make sense from like a Jaguars point of view so like like Javante Williams from UNC he's one of the four best running backs in the draft this year but 
I, I, I mean, I, I'd rather have Couch running the ball than, I mean, him, I, like, just in terms of a scheme fit for the Jaguars, you know. They already have that guy in James Robinson. So, you know, guys like him, he won't be on this. I'm going to be doing some Jaguar-specific fits. And then uh, Cass, Cassidy Hill, uh, she tracked down uh, RJ Soward. Uh, she's going to be talking to him about, you know, kind of his story, what really went down in Jacksonville, his thoughts on it. And she's give, she's given me a few looks into it, and I, I've been really impressed by it. And I can say uh, I think I think the fans of Jacksonville and, you know, the people of Jacksonville are going to appreciate his sentiment because it, it comes across more so as he feels like he let those people down as opposed to, you know, he let anybody, you know, in the NFL or the football world down. And then um, also I'm going to be talking to Kevin Hardy uh, for about 15 minutes tomorrow. He's going to be announcing the Jags uh, second round draft pick on, uh, yeah, on Friday. So I'm going to be talking to him tomorrow just about how he feels about the direction of the team, uh, where they're going and, you know, how, basically just stuff like that. I, I love talking to some, some of the old heads when it comes to the Jaguars because I think they have some of the best perspectives when it comes to the current things, especially guys who still pay attention like Kevin. Cool. Dude, that's, uh, that is jam-packed, you guys, and I expect nothing less. Yeah, jam-packed and everything he said was sick as fuck. Like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like no fluff. I was like, oh, that's tight. Oh, yeah. that's tight. That sounds- and like, let it be known to everyone listening. When I retweet their work, Cassidy's too. It's because it's sick. It's not because we're friends. That, that shit they're putting out is dope. Go read it. Yo, shout uh, out to Cassidy. She does awesome work too, dude. Yeah, she's fire. Gus is fire. Yeah. Everyone over at Jaguar Report is dope. Yeah, no, no. I'm, You're not gonna be able to keep Cassidy out. long. She's she she she's gonna be somewhere else soon. But yeah, uh, I got no idea. She's still <laughs> she's still there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool, man. I know that RJ Sour piece. So just deliver a message to her for, uh, from us, okay? Um, RJ Soward's real cool, but uh, she'll be she'll be the real one if, when when she gets Justin Blackman. I'm just saying. Hey, we we've tried. We, <laughs> I, I promise you, we've tried. It, that that guy is an enigma, man. He is hard as hell to find. Like, and I looked it up. I guess the Athletic trying to a couple years ago, and their writer legit was just like, okay, I couldn't find him, so let me just go find people who knew him once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I remember that. Um, all right, well. Chip, thanks so much, bro. We appreciate it. Appreciate thanks, you, bro. Chip. Yeah, thank you guys. Hey, best, 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 not just best Jags podcast out there. In my opinion, one of the best sports guys out there. Because I mean, just you, you can tell you guys just have fun with it. You know, it's it's laid back. You guys don't take anything too serious. So there's I, I, I do a hella podcast because I'm I'm at the point where I'm trying to get my name out there as as often as I can. There's no podcast I enjoy coming on more than this one. Awesome. Uh, appreciate we appreciate you. it, bro. Much love. Thanks, oh, yeah. Let's uh, let's hey, let's all most more importantly, let's all enjoy the fuck out of this week, right? We deserve oh, it. Yeah. Um, you deserve it on the media side, getting to cover some cool shit. So enjoy it, soak it up, and let's uh, let's do this damn thing. Is there? Thanks, all right, bro. Peace, bro. Peace. All right, fellas. Hey, appreciate it, guys. As always, man. Yeah, man. Yep. You too. Uh, have a good night, y'all. Peace. Later. All right, there he goes, John Shipley. And then there were three, the three, the Trace Amigos. So our Those last are... order of business is uh, we got a little giveaway. Yeah, we do. You guys Spon- tell the people sponsor, about Sponsor A1 Sliders is is uh, feeling the fucking cum face, and they're ready to give away a Trevor Lawrence jersey for us. So shout out to A1. So A1 approached us about giving away a Trevor Lawrence jersey doing a contest, right? And uh we decided to you know be in the 
entrepreneurial minds that we are, we decided to start a YouTube channel. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We tweeted it about an hour and a half ago. We're already over 100 subscribers, which I think is pretty good. Is that good? Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm going to try to post this video on there. Maybe posting videos gets more subscribers. I don't I don't know how it works, honestly. We're going to figure it out. I mean, figure I would assume that if you put content on the page, that probably helps. That's that's my assumption. I don't know if you guys know. Well, I, I think we're going to, what we're talking about, right, is is getting these episodes up there eventually with, you know, in, in regularity, but also um, hopefully we'll figure out how to edit them properly and it'll, it'll look semi-professional. So, so bear with us. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Uh, bear with us as we, as we go down that journey, it'll be fun to do that together, but uh, you know, uh, bigger picture long-term, we're hoping to add all sorts of video content, right? Uh, maybe um, game day vlogs type of deal, as well as uh, especially on the road trips, right? I mean, I, I think, um, you know, so many of you, out there that listen to us live kind of vicariously on those road trips that, that maybe you're not able to go on uh, for one reason or another. So uh, just adding all sorts of cool content, man, just trying to grow um, what we're doing. It's fun. We're not doing this because it's a career or anything, but uh, YouTube seems like a, a, a cool platform to, to kind of bring this to. So Sally, sorry. Uh, so we're going to go Jersey. So we're going to give away the jersey. Um, so shout out to A1 Sliders. They're, they're buying the Trevor jersey. We're going to give that bad boy away. Now, the way we're going to give it away is we're going to post a video of the Dillical running the 40-yard dash. And we're going to time it, and we want all the listeners to give us a submission of what you think his 40 time is going to be. Um, and the, the closest – or whoever gets it right on is going to win the Trevor Lawrence jersey. Now, it's going to be a little bit difficult. So, obviously, we can't just do like a 4-5, four, a 5-4, a 4-5, or a 6-3, or whatever. Because there would be too many people guessing that. You know what I mean? So, we got to put it out. We got to put it out to a couple decimal points. Now, I was, I was looking at my stopwatch on my phone. It only goes to two decimal points. So, we may have to get like a real stopwatch. I think two decimal points. And even if there's a tie there, then we do like a coin flip for the winner or, okay. you know, we, we get some other type of thing. Two decimal points. Think two is good. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if okay. for some reason two people have the same exact thing and they nail it and that's what Dilla runs, uh, cough, cough, four, nine, my man's got wheels. Um, I think he's going to have quite the range. I think the responses are going to be rangy. Yeah. Um, closest to the pin here. Um, so, do we want to have people just at the handle? How do we want to track? We might it might be hard to track after a while. The Dillical's traction when he retweets things. I mean, well, I oh, we just hashtag it Dilla forty. Yeah, four zero. That's it. So you got to use the hashtag. You can at any of us. You know the pod. Um, the best the best chance you have of us seeing it is if you at the pod and use the hashtag. Right. How about so how about the first on- how about the first person chronologically to guess the right decimal if if okay. there's two people? Yeah, I like that. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. That works. So I think we've got that all worked out. Um, again, shout out to Tony and A One Sliders. That was awesome. He came to us and was like, "Dude, so pumped, uh, pumped that the podcast is back, and pumped obviously that we're getting Trevor Lawrence." Uh, and we're like, "Yeah, us too, bro." And he was like let's give away a damn Jersey. And we're like, yes, sir. and then, then we all talked amongst us like, well, how do we win this thing? 
because I want a free jersey. But, um, you know, we decided to give it away to the listeners. Um, so that's an awesome gift. Obviously, we're going to – that'll have to be – you know, once we get announced the winner and all of that and, and, we, and we we post that video, um, we'll, we'll back channel, get that to you, obviously. It's going to take the, the jersey actually coming in, which would be interesting to see – exactly when those bad boys go online if it if like the pick is in at 8 15 at like 8 15 and 30 seconds if you can go online and already order them um but but we'll, we'll get that taken care of um tony was like tony was like just let me know how you want me to send the money i was like well dude we can't even buy the thing yet right like they don't have <laughs> those aren't live right <laughs> Might as well be. Um, and then last order of business, we picked up a new sponsor. So I just want to give them a shout out. I'm yeah, gonna, I was hoping you are going to do that for sure. I'm going to make an ad for them. But Village Bread Cafe is a local um, restaurant that reached out to us. So we got a new sponsor. And I visited their location on the South Bank. So they have a location right in the bottom of the River Place Tower. Um, for those who don't know what the River Place Tower is, it's the big building on the South Bank, uh, white building you know the tallest one on the south bank and it's it's gorgeous man like you sit down in the you kind of order in the little line and then you sit down and you know the windows are out to you know looking at the north bank and the river um and you can walk right out onto the south bank river walk from from their restaurant so yeah. it's it's a really dope location uh, awesome awesome new or awesome uh local business right with a with a great location uh a good history and some some really awesome products i remember when i when i used to work downtown uh i think it was a previous location of theirs maybe but i I would i would scoop their stuff regularly um for lunch and i know they make i'm sure we're going to mention this in the ads and stuff sally but they they make all their own like bread and as well as uh, a lot of their desserts and stuff right in-house and and they make a lot of bread for other places where people don't even maybe realize that they're using their buns or whatever. So, yeah. um, Apparently Bono's is one of the big ones that they have. So that's, I guess Bono's bread is, is all theirs, but, um, and honestly, dude, like the food was good and it was cheap too. Like we didn't spend anything and you have this amazing view on the South bank. Now they also have a location on Phillips highway, but, um, you know, to, to not even have to like, to, you basically got the same view as you get at Roos Chris downtown and you're paying like, you know, like breakfast prices, like regular breakfast prices. You know what I'm saying? So it's very dope. So we're happy to, uh, happy to partner with those guys. Um, closer to the season, they may be working on some like game day specials um, in connection with us and maybe even like a special menu item or something like that. So we'll have more, you know, obviously once we get closer to the season. Cool. So shout out to them. You guys got anything else? Not really, man. I mean, just like kind of what we said there to Shipley, enjoy it, everybody. I think most of you are going to listen to this either Wednesday or on draft day. Uh, enjoy it. We don't, we haven't gotten, you know, don't get caught too much up in who the hell ever is, is pick number 25. I mean, we're all going to be excited for it. Um, it's awesome having the two picks, but just enjoy Jacksonville being the center of the NFL and the football world for a little bit on Thursday night. Um, enjoy the fact that you can't really everything that's come out about Trevor in the last month or two uh, just points more and more to like that. He's a solid ass dude. That's going to be happy to be here. So not only are you getting that guy who is a quote unquote generational type of prospect, and we're going to see where that takes us, but you're getting a dude who I think is just going to fit in so well here. Um, and is going to be happy to be here. And, 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 I 
can't remember a time as a Jaguar fan, especially as an adult, where there's been this much positive energy surrounding everything about the team. Um, and, and it's, it is, uh, it's just, a, I, I can't stop smiling when I think about, you know, us and the homies getting together Thursday night over here at my crib to, to break some bread and, and, and take this in together. I can't stop smiling when I think about how excited my son and all the younger fans are. Uh, boys, I got to tell you, I've had so many days. I know we're talking about the 124 Renaissance. Um, and it's amazing because we're getting the, we're getting the band back together, the original band. Um, but there are more and more people. I had a couple people this afternoon, this evening texting me like, Hey, I'm looking at this row I mean, people. I don't know. I've never interacted <laughs> with. They're like, tell me if row J is better than double X. Like I'm or double D. And I'm, I'm just like, you always go with double D, first of all. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, 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 but, like, it's just people, again, who are like, hey, I live out of town. I might, I might only make two games, but I got to be a part of this. I'm getting season tickets. I mean, that's how it was back in 2017, 2018. <laughs> Bless you. You know, in, in 2007, which I know, you know, uh, you guys being a little younger than I didn't have season tickets back then necessarily, but like in two in 06 and 07 and, and, and back then, what a cool feeling, man. So, uh, that I just, I didn't, I didn't, I just kind of wanted to close with that tonight. Just remind people, enjoy it, soak it up. We don't get a lot of this. Um, and, uh, we'll, when we talk more to- importantly, yeah, just more importantly, get used to it. It ain't going away. Oh shit. I like it. I like it. So you're taking it a step further than me. I'm just, I'm just trying to live in the moment. Cause I'm still a little nervous, but I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Uh, I'm trying to live in the moment. I'm a little nervous about all of it, but uh, I had to put out a shit ass mock draft just to make myself like, feel like, okay, relax, relax. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Yeah, you're good. And, and again, I, like, I, that's what I mean though. Like I want to have that confidence. I don't know that I'm at that level yet, but I, I, I am at the level of, I don't give it like I genuinely am not concerning myself with whether he's going to be amazing or not. I'm like, I'm happy that we have this opportunity and I'm going to ride that wave for a little while and then worry about that once it all comes. Um, For me, it feels like when Alabama got Nick Saban, I knew it was going to be kind of slow to start, but we're about to be on top and like real quick. And it's the same vibes. Everything's aligning new coach and new talent it's all it's all right there and in the nfl it's it, the, the quarterback's the cash crop yeah now we got it let's make some money let's do it let's do it i love it um yeah rock and roll that is fellows that's it hashtag bill of 40 hashtag bill of 40 hashtag give us the give us the guess and make it to two decimal points and then wait for the content Wait for the content. Wait for we'll the. Re- we'll record it at Caps House before the draft. Before oh, we yeah. draft Elo, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. It's a little dark on my street. We'll have to figure that out. Maybe get maybe get the spotlights out or something. Turn the headlights. We, we all got car lights. Let's yeah, they use the car lights. Like, what's that movie with Vince Papali? Invincible. Like, where they? Did, yeah, we never had to get a scene like that going. Yes, yes, we'll get the freaking. I'll get the Rocky music playing. On the yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness we'll go slow-mo on it oh we'll have a couple different versions this y'all is gonna... got way y'all got way too much faith in my editing abilities here <laughs> freaking andy willis had to go up the damn cleveland for the draft where the pick's not even going to be there um but anyway uh all right fellas 
Uh, only one thing left to do, right? You know what it, you know what time it is. Love you, JB. Love you, JB. Love you, JB. And I love you, Trevor.